0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Reese Show, where we interview experts to help you understand where technology is headed and how it will impact society as a whole and also your daily life. Thanks so much for learning with us and enjoy the episode. Hello everybody. Today I chat with Sonia Traus, who is the executive director at YIMBY Law and was a kind of a co-founder of the YIMBY movement. And We just dive into, I mean, the history of of Yimby, which is like, you know, we we see these, you know, it's these overnight, um, overnight, 10-year overnight successes where it's like Yimby-ness is around us all of today, the abundance agenda, supply-side economy, etc. But 10 years ago, that wasn't really being chatted about. And so we learn and we go deep on like what it was like and who the crew was as Sonia was starting to co-create Yimbyism and um and then also going through to today to like all the wins the massive wins that they've had around building more abundant housing and you know how to kind of use law in order to push and uh for these kind of outcomes and it's also just a fun conversation because sonia is just like a very in your face kind of woman who's just like and she also has her child with her which is amazing it was in person and it was just a really fun just like yo let's like chat about this stuff and like also your kids here so that's cool um Anywho, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sonia to understand the history and future of EMB movements. Thanks. Hello, Reese's Pieces. I'm Reese, the co-founder of Root, and welcome to The Reese Show. Uh, this century is a turning point in human history, and I'm here to help you navigate it. I hope you come away with a new understanding of the scientific, technological, and societal trends that are poised to radically reshape our world, and how you can work with those trends to become a live player in building a solar punk future. And today, I'm excited to chat with Sonia Trauss. Uh, in person, which is amazing. Um, Sonia is an executive director of Yembi Law, an organization using the law to build abundant housing. Sonia, thanks for being on the show and welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Woohoo! And we, as you can tell, we are in Sonia's house, which is very fun, and um, we have these amazing um, pillows that I love, and I also learned that um, the, babies, that love, babies them. love them. Babies <laughs> absolutely love
1: them. <laughs> Highly recommend them.
0: There's oh, the baby. There's one. There's the baby. Okay. All right, put us on pause while we the baby. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're back. There's a Ta-da. baby There's you know. here's a
1: baby. <laughs> you speak it and it comes true.
0: <laughs> magic, magic. They say it takes nine months, but actually you can no, just...
1: No, <laughs> it takes a moment in TV land.
0: Yeah. Little do you know. Um, well, welcome, baby, to the show. Um, you know, This is your... Maybe you This is baby, baby's... How many um, podcasts has the baby This been is on?
1: the baby's first podcast. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, you're all here for it.
0: Wow. This is a big <laughs> moment. Um, yay. And hopefully the baby will have housing in the future. Um,
1: <laughs> it's the idea.
0: Um, so, Sonia, do you want to? So, for you to know and for our listeners to know, the rough goal here is to understand, like, you know, how, why our cities were broken around housing and um how both Yembyism started and you kind of your role in that journey. And also kind of what's happening today and then what we can imagine happening in the future with Yenby and also how law is playing a role with that.
1: Okay, so every question. All the questions, all the questions, all the questions. So that's
0: going to be the overview. That's going to be the next, you know, 45 minutes. Okay. Um, And But so maybe to start with that, um, I guess I just want to hear from you, like what was like the catalyzing moment for you that made you kind of energized to like... Push back against like the state and to build housing Mm. and to join you know your local neighborhood association. What was the energeticness that? Um,
1: I'm glad you asked that, and I'm glad you asked that way because one thing I feel like I don't get the opportunity to talk about um, as much as I would like to is the role. Like when I first started organizing, it was just like pure panic. It was just a continuous panic and an extreme feeling of urgency because. I I was born in 1981, so I was 27 mm-hmm. in 2008. So I was like very fully an adult, you know, yeah. watching the crash, and fully an adult watching like the um, the run up to the housing crash. Yeah. You know, seeing house prices you know go up. Like obviously in my 20s, I wasn't necessarily gonna buy a house, but I mean, you really are old enough that you yeah. know people who are buying houses or thinking about it or like um. And we were watching the prices get to be really crazy, and then there was actually a subprime crash in 2004 oh, hmm. that many people didn't notice. Oh. But um, my dad is a is a foreclosure attorney, hmm. um, and the foreclosure process doesn't exist everywhere in the United States. It's like in about half of the states are judicial foreclosure yeah. um, states, which is something that California isn't, but should become. Hmm. So if you want to, yeah, like Google judicial <laughs> no, foreclosure. I'm
0: uh, <laughs> I promise. Oh, I'm totally going to Google that after this. Oh, I'm super excited about I'm going to make a
1: pitch for it right now. So <laughs> okay, in in some places in Pennsylvania, one of the reasons Pennsylvania is a really great place, is that uh, your your bank actually has to sue you. You know, if you stop paying your mortgage or if they accuse you of stop paying your mortgage, maybe they're lying. Um, they actually have to sue you and you have to go to court before a judge, uh, you know, in order for the bank to be able to repossess your house. Mm. California, no such luck. Mm. Um, there was a war in... I don't know if he's a professor or a student, but that did a study that showed that the, for, the um, judicial foreclosure process operates like regulation. Like mm-hmm. in states that have judicial foreclosure, uh, people have higher quality mortgages okay. in the sense that they have mortgages that follow the law. Because yeah. there's a lot of laws that govern you know, the disclosures that you get and how you're supposed to get a mortgage. And it's, the reason why is like so obvious because if you go before a judge with a mortgage that wasn't... Deployed. That's <laughs> not the right word. But it's the one that's coming to mind mm-hmm. uh, in the right way. Um, then basically, uh, they usually the the borrower like doesn't have to pay interest, and so any interest payments they made go towards the principal, and mm. then they're in a much better position, and then they won't lose their house. And of course, the lender is like, "Damn, you know, the interest was the whole point of the mortgage." Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a real penalty, and so it promotes better mortgages. So. Anyway, and it solves actually a lot of problems. We have some really silly laws uh, being passed in California. Um, They're kind of Rube Goldberg machines um, to address some of the things that judicial foreclosure would have addressed directly. So that's my pitch for judicial foreclosure. But anyway, (laughs) so we were like, regular people knew this crash was happening. And I don't know, it just made, it was for a number of reasons, it was like, Made a big impression. I guess I'm not going to say it was traumatic, but it was, like, almost there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it really was traumatic for a lot of people.
0: Yeah.
1: I destroyed people's lives very seriously. Um, and I care about cities. It destroyed a lot of cities. Yeah. And a lot of neighborhoods. So, here I am in the in the Bay Area. I moved here in 2011. Prices were going up, up, up very fast. Yeah. Partially because we were coming out of the recession. So, we were, yeah. like, going towards the mean yeah. fast. And then also because like the trend line in the Bay Area is increasing anyway. So you're not like rushing to a trend line that's decreasing or mm-hmm. flat. So it's just all oh, so very fast. And yeah. I had this very strong feeling that like obviously the housing market is cyclical yeah. and this was our opportunity to mm-hmm. build a ton of stuff. Yeah. You know, developers Being a developer is like being a cowboy. Like, no one can... Anyone can try and anyone does. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like very open, sort of. The way that it's closed, it's not like, you know, being a lawyer or a doctor where there's some kind of organization that tries to kick, you know, people Mm -hmm. out, give you a test. Yeah. The way that...
0: Just the market or whatever.
1: Yeah, the Mm -hmm. way that, like, smaller developers are either, you know, discouraged or new developers are, you know, kind of kicked out of the industry is really by, like, political, is, like, do you have the political savvy or relationships to mm-hmm. get your project hmm. entitled? Hmm. Hmm. And, you know, similar <laughs> kind of to what happens for doctors, there's not yeah. enough doctors, it's bad for consumers, Yeah, it's bad for housing consumers when you have to have all of this politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the planning commission was, like, seeing all this opposition from neighbors, like... They already have housing. Yep. New housing doesn't do... You know, in any given neighborhood, like, they are they already live there. Like, yeah. no, new housing's <laughs> not good for them. By they definition, as- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, but those are the people that know that the project is happening, and yeah. those are the people that are kind of invited to public comment, right? Yeah. Like, before we started, there was no institution. Not the government, not a community organization. Like, no institution... Was actively inviting people all over the region to mm-hmm. comment on housing all over the region.
0: Yeah. That's like
1: one of the things that was utterly novel about what yeah. I was doing. Wow. Um, and so obviously they were getting like very skewed feedback and weren't building enough housing. And I was just like, guys, like you have to make hay while the sun shines. Mm-hmm. Like this is the sunshine part. Say yes to all these projects. Yeah. All of this stuff is gonna go through. The people that get it done the soonest. While rents are still high, we'll make money fine. Mm-hmm. But then a bunch of people are going to have to open at the bottom of the market, mm-hmm. and that's good for renters.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so you were there, and so you like saw this big, this cycle happening. You saw the housing go down, and you saw also the um. We can, I will Google judicial foreclosure after this, honestly, because it sounds like a very juicy thing. Um, <laughs> and I also want to double click on like laws and kind of, like, self-terminating laws and just, like, legal structure and, and, and later, but the other interesting thing that you're talking about here, too, is I think there's, like, this question of like, who gets to comment on which and, like, obviously the vitocracy that we have right now and mm. the um, issues with uh, people and how, when you think about, like, who would want, you'd actually want to comment on, like, a local um, housing thing being brought up, maybe you do want, like, 50% of the comments to be from the community, but you probably, like, want 25% to be from the region or whatever, and you also, like, want 25% to be, like, future people or something like that. And so you kind of, having not just the people who live there comment seems like a crucial bit. I actually, I actually want to go deeper, actually, into your childhood, though, which is, what made you... Like a person, because the work that you've had to do, the the fights that you've had to do, all that stuff is a lot. When you were like 10 years old, 15, (laughs) 20, like, could you feel like, were you an energetic kind of (laughs) like, yo, I just want to like make stuff happen in the world? Or were you kind of like a lazy kid? Or like, what did it look like for you to like find your, I'm doing, I have a selfish motive here because I'm trying to find my own fire. And so I'm curious, like, where you've, were you like built with a fire? How did that, how did that manifest?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I guess, uh, I, There was a time. There was a time when I was a teen. I think I was a teen. I could have even been in my early twenties, where my brother. I have two younger brothers. Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings?
0: I have a young, an older brother.
1: Oh, yeah. mm, okay. Um, I, I just that siblings can be a great, um, mm. like a great way to learn about yourself. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> at, at one point, my brother Max was like. You know, you talk about a lot of great ideas and schemes, but you've never done any of them. And I was like, wow, that's true. And so my first thing, I was like, I have to just do any one of my ideas, right? I have, like, I say so many things. So my first idea was, like, I want to make a magazine. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we did. We made one magazine. It was cool. It was called The Magazine. I probably still have a copy of it. It was really beautiful. I, like, I mean, I want to... If anybody here contributed to it, I want to say thank you yeah. because it was very, like, the articles were very cool. We had some interviews. We had beautiful illustrations. It was great. Great. And then, uh, um, you know, but that was just the first one, and it was literally, like, printed out and taped together. And uh, a magazine, even then, it's not a good business. You know, it's not very sustainable. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to keep keep it going. <laughs> yeah. So, then the next thing was, we have a mummer's parade. We have a parade in, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. called the Mummer's Parade. It's a New Year's Day parade. Okay. So, it's a kind of older idea. You know, nowadays, the modern era, we all celebrate New Year's the night before. Mm-hmm. But for, I don't know, traditionally, in even in other countries, the holiday of New Year's is the daytime.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Oh, interesting. And yep. you
1: celebrate the holiday. This is apparently like a Dutch custom that was... I don't know, like, they did in probably the 1600s in New York, too, where other Dutch people uh, settled, but for whatever reason, it only stuck around in Philadelphia, where it's a costume parade. (laughs) And, like, I was very involved with the art scene in Philadelphia, um, with Space 1026, and there was, you know, it was just kind of surreal, like, we had this parade that's, like, obviously an arts parade, Mm -hmm. but no... And we have... Mm, at least three art schools in Philadelphia. Yeah. A lot of people sleep on Philadelphia. They don't realize that it is like throw a rock and you will, it'll be somebody's band, somebody's mm-hmm. like sculpture show. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It's so rich.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I guess like proximity to New York kind of like overshadows, but if it was a bit farther away, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have more of its own glory. Yeah. Um, and nobody was participating in this parade because the parade was kind of a like very white and very um I don't know, like union
0: mm-hmm.
1: the reputation uh centered uh you know activity. Um a lot of people involved in it even had already moved to South Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I was just like, we need and but all of us went to it. Mm-hmm. Especially there was an after party on Second Street, but it's called Two Street. Um And, yeah, so one year, at around the time I made this magazine, I was like, I'm not coming back to Sioux Street until I have a brigade of my own. Okay, cool. So so that was the second thing that I was like, through force of will, like, if I have to do – so I looked it up, I called, what do you need – they were like, you need at least 25 people. I was like, okay, hopefully we make it. I think we had like 50 people the first year. We totally a yeah, it. Yeah. Um, everybody has to have a costume. So I set up these times. I even got an intern, which was incredible. <laughs> and we would be like, Sundays or whatever it was, come make your costume. Sometimes people came. Sometimes no one came. But I just like made a commitment to being like, if I have to make every single, and I hardly knew how to sew. <laughs> but whatever, you can just look it up. Yeah. Um if I have to make every single costume I'm going to, cool. you know what I mean? If I have to like personally call and ask, you know, 25 people if it has to, if it's going to be my cousins and my parents, I'm going to make them do yeah. it. Like anyway, I didn't need to. It was yeah. a good idea.
0: Um, but that's cool. So it sounds like, and it sounds like your brother was a crucial. And I think for myself and my childhood, actually, my, um, some family friends of mine, Tom and Karen, they were the ones who were like, Hey Reese, you're kind of a lazy kid, you know? Yeah. And like, you're like, you're a smart guy, but it's like, you don't really do anything. <laughs> um, so like you should either, you can continue to just exist in that reality or you can like do stuff, you know? And it sounds like your brother was a similar thing where he just, and you you felt it hit deeper. You're like, oh man, you're right. I just talk about all kinds of random stuff. Like I need to go out and do stuff. And then that combined with, small like wins of the magazine and the brigade show you that you can be a person who like exerts energy and will in the world and then when you have to do other things later you're kind of like i know how to do this um okay great i just want to understand that a little bit more
1: yeah so- i think that's the key it's like commit to finish something yeah. and understand that you may have to do every single yeah. task yeah. like hopefully other people will help you and you'll have volunteers but like you're elite you know there is a kind of like leaders are behind yeah. the yeah. it's like yeah, like, when you're doing something with volunteers, then, yeah, you might have to do every single thing. And, like, that's okay. It's not a failure. Like, the failure is if it doesn't happen. Yeah. But yeah. if you do every single thing, then you did it. it. That was your yeah. plan. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's great. It um The, the other thing that I want to – so I want to go to more Yimby-ish stuff right now and, like, talk about the beginning of the Yimby scene. Um, what was it like? And, and, and were you well, – I don't actually know. How much were you, like, around at the start of as Yimby was forming? What was that – um, what was even, what were people even calling it? What was that like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever?
1: Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. I mean, I called it SF Barf, the Bay Area Renters Federation, mm-hmm. which is a hilarious name. Um, and...
0: <laughs> As a note, SF, you know, SF SFBARF, yeah. uh, the funny name, you know, like your password here, like it has, it has other linked numbers in too, but butt smell is like part of it. So it's like, there's kind of a funny, you have like a funny energy to you that it's like, it's good, you know? <laughs>
1: Um, you just gave my internet password.
0: Well, there's, I said there's more things to it. There's a, it's not just butt smell. There's other people, things.
1: People are going to come here They're and gonna go come on the internet. Steal, steal like. your internet.
0: I know, I know, I know. You have to change your password. So, um, in case barf, you were making barf at the beginning. Yeah, yeah
1: SF yeah. barf. You know, there's other <laughs> bay areas in the yes.
0: world. <laughs> yeah. San
1: Francisco bay area. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to specify, because I, even then, I was like, listen, maybe the Hudson Bay area will also. And I don't Monterey bay area, right? They have the bay down there, yep. kind of. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, no, there was absolutely nothing. I didn't think this was gonna go anywhere because before my Yimby stuff, my actually first love, my first hate, my first hate love, <laughs> yeah. love hate, was that Bart is so expensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is going on? And that you have to tag in and out. I'm used to a system. You tag in, you pay 250 or whatever it is, yeah. no matter where you're going. You have to tag out. It's horrible. <laughs> And like, it was just ridiculous, you know, $5, 10 $12 to get from one place to another in the Bay. So I ran as a writing candidate on the, um, the platform that the BART fares were too high in the 2012, I think, um, you know, BART race. Mm-hmm. But I was a I was a kinda of, I was a little shy actually at the time to sort of accost people. <laughs> Although I did get actually a little bit of um local press. If you try to Google, I don't know, Sonia Trouss, mm-hmm. Bart Fair's Too High or something, you might find this nice, article from nice. twenty twelve. So that was encouraging. I was like, okay. So a little some people think that BART fairs are too high. Mm-hmm. But it really just most people really just weren't moved by it. Mm-hmm. You know? They like didn't so I just assumed so then, you know, I was like, you know what else is too high? Rents Yep, cost of living yeah. here. That's basically it, right, for most people. If it's not transportation, it's housing. Those are the things you're going to be spending the most money on. Yeah. Um but that and so I assumed also no one would care about that that I would like right. I didn't know what there was I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just felt like not doing anything is definitely not going to change anything, so doing something might. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll take a non-zero chance over a zero chance. I mean, there's a big difference between non-zero and zero. It's true. I th- yep. think that's something I wish more people appreciated. Yeah, you know, okay. a lot of times they'll com- conflate like epsilon and mm-hmm, zero, mm-hmm. and those are not the
0: same. Just thing. take a take a uh, swing at yeah, it. Yeah,
1: take a swing. Yeah. You never know. Um, and also, I didn't really like know that many people, and at first, actually, in, you're. I feel like you're inviting me to do digressions. Anything, <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: but, ready. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Initially, so here I was. I was like over thirty. I was like, all right, I don't know anyone or have any friends. What did I do last time I didn't know anyone or have any friends? I was 14, 15. Mm -hmm. I went to, like, hardcore shows, like punk shows, you know, house shows. So at first I did that, but then I was like, oh, everybody here is 15. (laughs) I was like, I can't do, you can't just do the same thing and make the same friend group. And all the people that were there that were 30 were like, no offense, but like.
0: They're the 30-year-olds at a punk show that has all 15-year-olds, you know. Yeah, Yeah, it
1: wasn't. I was like, maybe this isn't. the
0: It right wasn't thing. the Virginian Yimby Coalition, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it just, yeah. So I was like, well, maybe I'll meet somebody, you know, in politics. Like, <laughs> I sort of did in a way. I mean, my husband I met on Okay Cupid, yeah. but when I met him, he was like, oh yeah, I saw your flyers for that Bart thing around nice. in the neighborhood. Nice,
0: nice.
1: So that was sort of cool. Yeah. Um, because anyway, yeah, that's another thing I did is I just
0: like put posters up. Um, and so and so um, was was the initial stages here? Was it like? So you were there, you were starting to, co- you, you were like, okay, I care about transportation, I care about housing, the people might care about that, let's kind of see what happens. And and was it a, um, was it just like this, was there an initial crew that was, and, and how much did the law side come in too? Was uh, that like, was um,
1: later, that was like that was, two years later. Okay. You can still go, I mean, SFBARF, so I neglected sfbarf.org. Mm-hmm. But sfbarf.com yep. is where the website is, so yep. you can just see what it looked like.
0: And, and were you trying to, was like, okay, great, we need to build more housing, and when did you come to these like uh, ideas, or how did you come to these ideas, or how were the people coming to these ideas around, yo, we just need housing production, we don't need necessarily affordable housing, we need abundant housing, you know, like, how did, and like, did the word YIMBY, when did that come around? I'm um, Ad,
1: a guy named Adrian Covert, mm-hmm. who's still very active in Santa Rosa, I think he works for the Bay Area Council, he did at the time. Mm-hmm. Adrian Covert was the one who was, like, he made the Twitter account. I wasn't really on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I was, like, so I started going, and um, I didn't really have a crew. No, I had my roommate, Max Gasner, mm-hmm. and I was, like, you have to do this. And I was dating a guy named Micah Kaitlin or mm-hmm. Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Caitlin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Micah.
0: Sorry,
1: Micah. Micah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember your last name point. Um And those were, I, like, signed, and I had a, I had a friend, um... She's, I don't remember the, a woman. I was going to Noisebridge, yeah. and teach, and uh, they're learning Python. Mm-hmm. And so the teacher there, I would, I, you know, she, I was like, I'm writing these letters in support of housing. She's like, okay, I agree with that. I was like, can I sign your name too? So that's basically it. Was like those were the people. I was like, these, you know, four of us about. Okay. We agree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we need more housing. Mm-hmm. Like okay. Um. So yeah, no, that was not. That was just people I knew.
0: It was a it was a small crew and then and then when did I'm just curious like memetically or whatever when did the turn or, or like when did the ideas of like housing production and housing supply were those just like was that, that was from the mes- academic world or was that from like oh a, like, okay where well, did where did those ideas kind of surface you know? oh
1: the, I mean it's obvious yeah, right I mean it's, I mean, it's something oh. we all experience constantly <laughs> like you're in bed with your partner and. They take the blanket, not enough blanket. Like, it's always, every moment of our, that's, it's so obvious, like, but no, there was, okay, so, um, Matt Iglesias had written, The Rent is Too Damn High, which Mm -hmm. I did not read, but I must have, you know, I, like, knew it existed, and I probably, believe a read a summary, um, and, uh, Kim May Cutler, uh, wrote the Borrowing Owls article, Mm -hmm. And those were things that really I just they like prepared the ground, mm-hmm. you know. Like people were reading this, and I think there must Matt Colizzi must have been writing a lot of stuff in Vox mm-hmm. about housing. Um, and then en- Enrico Moretti yeah. had an art had a paper, and one of the things about his paper was that he actually specifically I by the time I read that I was already like going to hearings and stuff, and but in his paper he was like. There's because of the setup, you know this. Um, the sorry, the focus harms and distributed benefits. Oh, yep,
0: yep, 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 yep concentrated yes, harms, yes. distributed benefits. Yes.
1: Um, we're never, you know, the system is never going to give us enough housing, mm-hmm. and it will take like, you know, people who benefit diffusely showing yes. up. Yes. And I remember emailing him and being like, "And hey, Rico, here we are. You know, you're famous. Like, mm-hmm. come with us. Like, join blah, blah. Obviously, you ignore me because. Yeah. Economists are, like, anti, deeply anti-politics in yeah, some sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: <clears throat> but that's interesting. Let me pause you for a second. that's a really cool... It's cool to hear that, like... And actually, I, I, I want to Google those pieces. Matt, it's it's like... Because there are these crucial bits. And, like, for me, like, coming from the crypto world, obviously, there are these things, obviously, like, the Bitcoin white paper and the white... It's like these... There are these core pieces that happen at the beginning that people start to read. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, Matt Glacius writes, the rent is too damn high. And... um uh, Kim My Cutler writes the, um, uh, borrowing owls, borrowing owls,
1: borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. owls, like they dig a hole.
0: Oh, burrowing, <laughs> burrowing owls.
1: Actually, I'm going to, sh- I'll be right back. I'm going to show you. Yeah, because I'm ready. One of the things we wound up doing, yeah. I, you know, cause you came all the way here.
0: We're, we're, uh, we're doing a, um, um, yeah, we're here in person. So we have a burrowing owls, um, piece. Oh, we have an owl that's maybe being brought out from the, yeah. um, Oh, there's a there's a book. It looks kind of like um, almost like a uh, whole Earth catalog, but for Yimbyism. Um. Oh, that's interesting.
1: It looks like okay. So, because you came all the way here, Ooh. you can have one of our rare first edition burrowing owls illustrated copies. Oh my! God. In like 2016 or something, we got the idea that. So this was so foundational that we got um, you know, an artist, a friend of you know, friend of the Yimby movement. Um, wow.
0: This is really cool. I think
1: it's very cool. We have another edition, too, with a different cover, but this was the first edition.
0: This is amazing. This is a great mix of... I love this. This is actually um, some of the stuff that my work world has done. It's created these big um, visual explainers for like Mm -hmm. crucial concepts around the wisdom age or post-capitalism or whatever. And so it's like having something like this where you're like, look, these are the crucial bits... And then once you read it, and it also has some graphs in it and stuff too. And you're like, okay, boom, here's like the crucial ideas to read. And then, um, and then that scene gets created around the Mad and piece, the Kim Mai color piece. Um, what, does bur- what does a burrowing owl mean, by the way?
1: Oh, it's, a, it's an owl. Yeah, so the text is fully Kim Mai's article. So if you mm-hmm. already read her article, that's all the text that's yep. in there. Yep. No additions or deletions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the illustrations are Kes- Kelsey Westfall, um, who's a cartoonist. Um, but anyway, the, the, it's a type of owl that digs a hole. And it's, I guess, there's a lot of them in the uh, in the peninsula. Okay. Or maybe there's not enough, actually. Sorry. Mm. I'm sure they're in danger.
0: Should... Oh, and I kind of get it. How burrowing owls lead to vomiting anarchists. It's like, oh, we need to care about the owls. And then the anarchists who want housing don't have enough housing. Is that the idea? <laughs> no. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> um, But, well, I mean, yes. But, so, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember there were these, like, uh, tech bus protests oh, yes, in yes, Noe yes, Valley? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Where... Yeah, um, I guess they were anarchists. But, you know, San Francisco. um,
0: (laughs) And they were vomiting. Why were the anarchists vomiting?
1: Uh, You have to look at... That was like part of a... That was part of the thing, like they—I don't
0: know—they vomited as a way to get um, <laughs> to get um, yeah uh, attention. Okay, interesting. So 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 there's so these crucial initial articles and then Enrico and I think as you said as a note for listeners, yeah the um, the crucial issue of focused harms, aka, and um, distributed benefits, where the harms are on the individuals in the community and then dis- the benefits are for like the region as a whole. And so when you have that, it's a very hard, it's a coordination problem, and then you get issues. And so that's why you need to kind of level up and go to the regional or state level. So let's kind of go to the present day, maybe. Um, And think about the massive um, increases in uh, where the housing – what has happened with the housing um, community and world Um, with Yimbyism is actually a movement now and we have obviously amazing uh, legislation being passed through like AB2011 and 2097 and all these kinds of things. What, tell us about, like, the current state and, like, are you feeling excited? Are you feeling, um, what's, like, what's the state of Yimbyism today, you know?
1: Yeah, it's funny because every, like, every single year that I started, things, I mean, this is, I guess this is the case when things are, like, rapidly getting better. You know, whenever you see somebody being, like, fastest growing, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know that it's small, right? Mm. Because only small things can grow super fast. Yeah. So I think one of the things for me with the fast growingness of the movement is that like every year we're like, oh, my God, we grew so fast. This is amazing. We made it. And then the next year we're also like, we made it. And I actually like have a little bit of like we made it fatigue mm-hmm. um, because every year we make it. I don't get it. Um, but it's, this, it's just the power of like an idea that's like simple that everybody had and that for whatever reason there was a certain kind of like. Uh, public conversation paralysis that happened. And so it's just like a dam breaking, you know, when you have somebody that's just like, obviously we need more housing. People are like, yeah, we obviously need more housing. And then to tell people, to make the connection, to be like there's a place that you can make this argument. It is local. You don't have to go to Sacramento or Washington, D.C. You go to your local city hall and make this argument. You know, you can, I mean, even now with the Builder's Remedy, we're actually about to launch... Something I had envisioned in a different way a long time ago, which is basically like a homeowner's guide to upzoning, you know, Mm a homeowner's guide to taking advantage of the builder's remedy. Like we in many cities in the Bay Area um, and in, I mean, all over California, but there are going to there's going to be an opportunity to like get an entitlement to maybe easily build like five units in your, where you are.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Uh,
1: and so what that would be, you know, people like maybe they'll use them, maybe they won't, but there's going to be all of these new entitlements out there. It's going to be incredible. Um, Bring it really home,
0: and so it's felt like there's this. It's kind of like yeah, no, uh, there's like a stupid classic old quote saying or like nothing can stop the uh, the strength of an idea whose time has come. Or whatever. that's not a stupid and, saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who said
0: that? <laughs> smart person, uh, you know uh, Socrates or whatever you know, or like you know um, uh, the Jane of Air, or, you know, like I don't know, someone in the past. Um, Google it, guys. Yeah. It's
1: really smart. Whoever yeah. said that's right on it. Yeah. And that, to me, I mean, one of the the mysteries that I have right now. So that quote is like the idea whose time has come, right? Yeah. Like the idea is there. Um, and I'm always wondering, like, what is the role of an individual person? Yeah. Different people have different theories about this. And I was, like, I actually was thinking, like, you know, the, the baby Hitler question. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people think that question is about whether you would have it in you to kill a baby. Yeah. And, but I don't think that's what it is. I think that question is the more interesting angle is whether, do we really believe that, like, the Holocaust wouldn't have happened without Hitler? Mm-hmm. Like, is it yeah. when you have so many people... You know, what? Well, he's not one psycho killer. Yeah. He's not the Columbine murderers. Yeah. You know, like, so many people participated with that. That was evidently a time that came for the Germans. So, yes. not to get grim on everyone, but it's, <laughs> you know, a classic, like, question. You know, so yeah, I think that this time had come. I really don't know. There are other people that think that individuals are super important. And in that case, you know, like me making... So for the first couple years, all, I didn't have an institution. I didn't have an incorporation. People liked what I was doing, and they just handed me money. Mm-hmm. Like the first person to ever be like, I like what you're doing, um, he's a guy from Hong Kong, mm-hmm. lives in the Bay Area now, invests in small businesses... We met kind of incidentally, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I heard about that SFR stuff. I saw it in the paper. Here's a hundred dollars." And I was like, "Wow. Like so do that. That's what actually, you know, if you see somebody out there doing something yeah. you like. Just hand them money, yeah. write them a check personally. Yeah. One of the things I think that really puts people off is this feeling that they might have some ideas, some activism or whatever, but that they have to like incorporate and become a C3 or a C4 mm-hmm. and, you know, before they receive money. And so if you can be that person that's just like, don't worry about it. I'm giving you money personally because I can see that you personally are spending your time. Yeah. That's really, that was so, I mean, the money was great, but also just the confidence.
0: Yeah, that's You know, great.
1: like. So much more, of course, than just being like, cool, I like it.
0: It's, it's a cool it's, i mean so A, I totally agree with you that there's like there's like um there's like a an inevitability um like a mimetic inevitability about like the thing and whether it was you or whether it's just some other high energy person who was just like into willpower and was like we need to make this happen like and no I'm not saying that you didn't do great work but it's just like there no it, i don't know yeah exactly there may have been it was probably it was in the water you know and so I think um and then also as you said just the ability to um it reminds me of like Tyler Cowan esque things of like emergent venture and stuff where just like Just being like, hey, here's a person who's clearly putting in effort and wants the confidence. Like, keep it up. This is cool. Go on this path. Continue on this path. Um, So that's that's interesting. And then do you think – tell me about the law side, though, because I think my rough understanding is that – and maybe I'd love to – so so my rough understanding is that you have these, like, you know, RENA goals um, that are like, hey, we have these uh, regional housing needs um, allocation and um, you – how much uh, different uh, jurisdictions need to build. And then what you are doing is saying, hey, we're going to make this kind of dry powder fund so that if they don't um, do it, then we're going to sue them or whatever. Um, and so you're kind of, like, coming from the legal angle there. Is that what's happening? Maybe compare – as Yimbyism gets manifest through the legal system, or through politics, through the executive, legislative, and judicial branches, how what role does the judicial play versus the executive or legislative? Yeah. You know?
1: um, well, one of the things that I'm really proud of uh, with the Yimby movement and also our you know uh, related organizations, Yimby Law and Yimby Action, is that we work on an all three branches okay, cool. of government, and that's what you need. Um, no, so 2015. Um, we, I obviously, like I, we were, I had been organizing for about a year, year and a half or so, I don't know. And more and more people were coming and we were testifying in favor of housing and we could see what, sometimes what would happen is that the city would approve the housing and then NIMBYs would do a mm-hmm. sequel lawsuit and we were like, damn, you know, like that venue, it's like we won that game yeah. that, and then they had this other legal thing and they delay the housing or maybe kill it. And I was like, gosh, I wish Yimby's had something on the Mm -hmm. other side, right? Like a
0: sequel sequel for Yimby's, yeah.
1: Right. Like, is there some way that if they disapprove the housing, we can sue? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. And that's called the Housing Accountability Act. And I first learned about it because I was reading coverage of a controversial project in um, Lafayette, California. And so in that one, it was super weird. The developer had proposed 315 apartments, and the city was like, how about 44 single-family homes?
0: Classic. And, yeah,
1: and the developer was like, well, okay, that's fine. And here we get to sort of institutional problem, which is that a developer is a business person, and from their point of view, like many things, a small number of expensive items or a large number of cheap items, like either way, you, make kind of, you can make the same amount of money. So the developer didn't really kick didn't care, um, but the Housing Accountability Act wasn't written for developers. It was written for housing consumers, for us. Like it matters for us, a big deal, of course. Yeah. Three hundred fifteen. It's a much bigger project, <laughs> and it's a much cheaper thing than to have to build to buy a whole, you know, a house. And uh, so, I wanted to sue the city and the developer actually for engaging in this deal. Yeah. And um, it was great because. You know, as I was saying before, I was getting personal support and I was, it was like, came out to like 30, $35,000 a year and shout out to my roommate at the time who allowed me to pay rent basically quarterly. You know what I mean? Cause I wasn't, it was so janky the way that I was raising money. Um, and, uh, but yeah, but then there were bigger funders, um, open philanthropy was one of them. Um, who were very interested in, you know, funding what I was doing, but because they were, like, real philanthropy, they couldn't just write checks to individuals. So they, they, Alex Berger actually had been on 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 my on me being like, <laughs> you've you got to make a incorporate, you've got to incorporate. I was like, I don't know, I have to have a board, yeah, you know. It it's annoying, good. it's annoying,
0: yeah.
1: And, uh, but, and I also, I don't know, but for whatever reason, I was like, oh, amazing, we can be a legal enforcement. This is the incorporation, this is what we're going to do. And then also Jeremy Stoppelman really came through once I had this this idea, and so uh, he pledged one hundred thousand dollars. This was even before Open Philanthropy like made an official um, pledge of support. Yeah. Um, you know he said as soon as you have a C three in a bank account, I can donate this money. money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I went around to different law firms, and I was like, I want to do this lawsuit. And most law firms either represent cities or developers. And in this case, we were basically suing the city and the developer. So a lot of law firms were like, no. And then another thing was, they were like, who are you? You know, like they didn't, I was kind of, I was like, You're yeah. you like, I'm
0: Sonia. My name right. is Sonia. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they were like, they looked at my website. They were like, is this, is this a real thing? Yeah. I mean, California is called the land of fruits and nuts, like yeah. for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, basically, I went to Zach Freeman Patterson, and they were like, okay, sure, put down Mm $30,000, you know, and then we'll start this lawsuit for you. But actually, so by then, by the time I found them, there's a 90-day deadline. And so I had to... So I was talking to a woman named Linda Klein at Cox Mm Castle, and she was so cool, and Mm -hmm. she was so helpful, and she taught me so much, Mm -hmm. and at one point, she said you know, you could just write the petition yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, you should never have said that. (laughs) I was like, I'm obviously doing that now, you know, because I really, I was actually running out of time. I don't know what other choice I would have had. So I wrote the petition myself and it was good. It was actually very good. Everyone was very impressed. I like was I got I collected all these other petitions from other cases and I just read. I mean, they're pretty formulaic. Yeah. 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 And law is a lot like software um, engineering. There's a lot of resources on the internet. Yeah.
0: Stack overflow for legal. Yeah. There
1: totally is yeah. because people you know they go to law school which is a very general education and then they want they do something okay i'm doing divorce law but then they want to do something else now i want to do personal injury and so there's like all there's a lot of resources for people to you know learn how to how to you know buy practitioners for practitioners so um yeah so i wrote that but then i got i couldn't i was not going to be able to do the whole lawsuit myself like the petition is one thing yeah so, Zach's so did it. Yeah, I did this incorporation. And then after a year, I, I Brian Hanlon yep. was able to quit his job. We raised enough money. Um, and he worked full-time. Great. And so, it was just the two of us. And But he spent, like, kind of all his time um, in Sacramento working on um, 167. Yeah. And which is, like, okay because, I mean, you know, it was – we were under our 20% for, you know, legal uh, – for – for legislation that you can do as a C three, mm. but it just was like obviously we needed, you know, yeah, a um a permanent presence, and so then he went and did uh, C A M B,
0: yeah, and so and so 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 it sounds like there was a well, hey, it's it's cool to know yeah, it's like. You can think about these, and you think about this. Uh, obviously, from politics, where it's like there's Act Blue, you know, or whatever, which is mm-hmm. like the Democratic thing. It's like no matter what, that's going to be uh, any kind of tool will be created like parlor, you know, for you know on the right or whatever, you know, tar- parlor and Twitter. And so there's like a similar thing where it's like Sequa but for Yimbies, you know. It's, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then it also makes me think about the beginning stages for you and how like what a better society would be one in which the impact that you've had which is like the value creation process is like you've created a lot of value in the world you've, you, but the value is distributed you know and, um, and so for me coming from this like weird cryptocurrency like impact certificates world it's like you've had this impact and it's like how, but and you were just like working by at 30K, 35K, you know? And so the, it's just interesting. I think there has to be, I'm excited for better systems in the world so that when people like you start to emerge, the person who puts in the initial hundred bucks, initial hundred thousand bucks, you know, the open field, you know, Alex Berger, etc., are like, hey, let's actually make this, um, uh, that you, there should be some kind of like impact certificates so that's like, wow, this actually emerged into an amazing thing. Um, the other thing I guess I want to check in on here is, um, and then I want to go to the future in a second, which is, Prop E versus Prop D for a second. Um, I'm obviously Prop D is kind of the mb one. Prop E is kind of the um,
1: E is for excuses.
0: Oh my God. D is for demons, though. No, 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 no. no D is awesome. for built housing. I no,
1: don't know yeah, what this is Yeah. For.
0: yeah. Um, but how? So, so you know, my housemate is a. He's like actually um, picketing. Not picketing. He's um he's he's chill Prop E to folks. You know. And so him and I have chatted about this a bit. How do you, um, when you and, and so for him, you talking about like. Hey, 25% um, affordability versus, you know, 30% affordability. Mm-hmm. And also if you look at like uh, arena goals and we were like 25% under the affordable housing, but we're like 150% over the, um, you know, market rate housing. And uh, there are like these, and then if we build all these random luxury units or whatever, you know, the um, yuppie fishbowls, well, how does it actually help the people who are really poor today? So like, how do you respond when you are chatting with folks who are nor- more kind of like affordable housing people?
1: All right, well, first of all, good on you for living with somebody that you disagree with. Yes. Yeah, it's so great. So that's extremely cool. What
0: up, Jeremy? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and I don't know. Those are a lot of different things. I mean, the Yuppie Fishbowls thing, I think is sort of the, it's, this, it, this is actually a big mystery because you know what we were talking about before, right? You were like, oh, how did the supply and demand? I'm like, it's something we experience every day, right? All Always. And I, this is what I think is kind of like, Jeremy, your roommate, 100%, I'm sure he's experienced being like... I want item A. Item A doesn't exist. Okay, I guess I'll get item B, right? Yep. Like, so why he does, like, people like that, they, like, don't put two and two together. and Or even, like, you guys, right? I don't know. Maybe, are you guys, like, living in subsidized housing? Like uh,
0: We're living in, yeah, I mean, we live seven people to a thing that should might not be housing seven people, you know? Um, but we don't have, our housing, well, our housing's essentially subsidized as well. It's not. We don't actually live in um, a rent-controlled unit, but we have. Um, we're part of this weird co-housing network, and so some like friends from the community are like supporting the house, and then they kind of give us a less less rent. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Good deal. Um, but the, I mean, the point is, is that we. I feel like we know. You can just think about your experience or people in your network, yeah. where you know you might be living in an apartment, and the apartment, you know, the rent today is whatever. What was the rent three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, 12 years ago? That apartment, the rent goes up. Mm -hmm. So we know, like, we know that people, higher income people, are moving into housing that used to be Mm -hmm. affordable. Mm -hmm. Like, we see it happen with our own eyes. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if higher income people, like, have new stuff, have new buildings, they want to, you know, that's their first choice.
0: They just go there. That's where
1: they'll go. I mean, people say it all the time. I I used to be on these mom message boards. Hey, everyone. This was such a common post. We're renting in Noe Valley, Mm -hmm. but we want to buy something. And we can't afford Noe Valley is Excelsior nice.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it.
1: That's gentrification in Excelsior or the mission doesn't start there. Mm -hmm. It starts in Noe Valley (laughs) when people can't get their first choice. So make more of that first choice and it'll keep people out. Like anyway, plus Evan Mast actually did some, you know, uh, it's on my Twitter If you just go to my great, Twitter great. The Evan Mast Like uh,
0: Thread about like How to talk to NIMBYs Or something <laughs> <laughs> No <laughs> or It's actual, actual research
1: months. In case great. anybody cares about that okay, Which almost it. no one does <laughs> But like Sometimes they do yeah. So that can help yeah. He did a chain of moves analysis Yeah And I think cool. that, yeah. that's Really the thing to think about Like here you have Like okay look We live We're right now In Brand new housing Yeah Might not look like it From the back wall Cause <laughs> I have kids but they we are the first people to live in these wooden row houses, Yep. and so the question is if these didn't exist, where would we live yep. like at you know meet someone who lives in a new building and be like, "Where did you live before? where would you have lived if not here yep. and it's going to be existing housing yeah, and yep. that's not good like we we shopped you know for a, we looked around yep. if we weren't in a new house, almost mm-hmm. every other house was a house well, that was an had,
0: old house, yeah it was
1: an old house <laughs> <Yeah>. and and <laughs> clearly had been broken up into a duplex yeah. and then when it was on the market as a single family home because that's what we were looking for we well, could see that they had just tried to like put the duplex back together yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like oh classic. if we move in here the previous residents were two households of renters yes
0: yes yes classic yes. classic 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 yeah you're like you're kicking out two two households of renters um, yeah so that makes sense let me wrap with what I love the, the anger of the- <laughs> it's
1: just like so it's like you want to not know <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 you yeah,
1: know yeah, at this yeah, point like
0: that's funny. Let's down. So getting into rap mode here, um, I want to ask a, 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 a quick set of um, overrated, underrated. Um, do you think that? So you're just going to answer your like kind of a 15, 30 second version of like overrated, or underrated, and why? Do you think that the role of law, law's role in housing production, is overrated or underrated?
1: Underrated, but getting there. I mean, really, a lot of people, even legislators. Are like oh we pass a law and people follow it false they do not they do not and I think for some reason finally like being an activist the same as being a manager you tell people the same thing every day for years day in day out and then all of a sudden they're like oh you know what I just realized and you're like oh, great I'm so glad you realized that and that's what I feel like is happening with this mm-hmm. law enforcement stuff is that people are like you know what I just had an idea I'm like good because we've been trying to break, you know, do this message now since okay. 2015.
0: Got it. so 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 underrated in the sense that like <laughs> um, people are. It's still a, a powerful mechanism to use because when people pass laws, they don't necessarily go about doing them. And so if you provide dry powder, if you push, and you say, hey, we're going to actually do legal, um, uh, have legal enforcement here, then it can be a great way to actually get housing production done. Okay, great. Do you think that the um, do you think that like the the and this is like a weird version of this question, but do you think that the um, specific um, version of yeah, I guess within the Bay Area um, is the importance of housing compared to other issues. Do you think that that is underrated or underrate, or, or overrated?
1: Mm.
0: Like transportation or you know climate or whatever.
1: I think it's exactly. I think in a way the Bay Area is maybe one of the only places that's sufficiently obsessed with housing Got it. because it really does under it's underlies like everything. I mean, scratch the surface of any other problem and you're like, either it's housing or segregation, which are the same thing.
0: Yeah, yep, yep. That's interesting. It's, um, yeah, so it land you stuff and so it's like, it is, um, roughly correct because the Bay Area is super obsessed with it, but probably many other places that aren't quite enough obsessed with it should should get more obsessed. Um, beautiful. Well, this has been very helpful. So it's cool to just learn to go deep on, um, what these things were like at the beginning, and like some of the crucial, and we have our amazing, you know, the Kim My color, hi Kim My, um, how burrowing our owls lead to vomiting anarchists, and so I'll definitely we'll share some of these resources, um, and then obviously it's just cool to hear, um, yeah, as, as these ideas as they kind of emerge into the world um and how you continue to shape them is very interesting and cool and so i hope i know you have like uh we made it fatigue but there's still going to be you know uh 2030 i got so sick of winning yeah you're oh i'm so sorry your first world problem you're so sick of winning um and so by 2050 it'll be an exciting world to see like when it's just like part of the water even more um and where we actually have abundant housing is there any so Sonia is on Twitter. By the way, folks, at Sonia. Tra, let's actually find out what the actual Twitter here is. It's, it's
1: slash Sonia Traus.
0: Okay, great. It yeah. is yeah. S O N J A T R A U S S. Sonia yeah. Trauss on Twitter. Um, feel free to check out um, you know Yimby Law as well. Uh, Sonia, do you have anything else to say to our listeners today?
1: Um, yeah. Check out Yimby Law.
0: Um, Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Sonia. Um, And good to see you, child. Thank you for being a good member of our show. Um, And uh, thank you all for listening. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. If you like the show, please give us a five-star podcast review or subscribe on YouTube. And if you'd like to chat about this episode with a community of amazing, smart, ambitious, divergent people, come on by and join our Discord you can find it at root.co that's r-o-o-t-e co and then finally if you'd like to contribute to these ideas being shared more widely in society you can support the podcast production team at patreon.com slash reese that's patreon.com slash r-h-y-s-l-i-n-d-m-a-r-k thank you so much